today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. What are we going to look for? What are we going to anticipate. Well, for those who know the hope of the gospel, the reality and the truth that one day Jesus will come again. Well, number one, we'll look at it in a moment, but I believe in the rapture of the church, but also on that coming destruction is still going to come one way or another. Jesus draws our attention that again, man's unpreparedness and the attachment to the pursuits of the things of the world continue to distract them because they look for the things of the world rather than pursuing after the things of God. Jesus speaks about the people continuing on in their normal routines, their normal course of things. There is such curiosity and interest about the end times, even outside the church. But what does the Bible really say about it? Unbelievers may expect some unbiblical destruction, but Jesus himself had a lot to say about the last days. The Pharisees had many misconceptions about that matter and about the coming of the kingdom of God. Pastor David will teach us the difference between His kingdom coming and Jesus returning. Above all, as believers, we should keep our eyes detached from this world and focus on what's eternal. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, The Kingdom of God and the Last Days. be looking at the area of the kingdom of God and the last days. Now, there's no doubt that if we made uh, advertisements on the radio, if we ran some ads in the newspaper, we put out flyers, you know, around and neighborhoods around, that we were going to be speaking or going through a series of studies on the last days, that there would probably be a packed house because people are interested in the end times. Even if they have absolutely no spiritual interests at all, there's a lot of people that are interested in the last days. If you could stop a person on the street or if you could go down uh, in front of a grocery store or to the mall and tell them, look, I'm doing a one question survey. Would you give me just a moment of your time? And if they were able to and willing to give you an honest answer, I believe that the vast majority of people are interested in what's called the last days although most people don't really realize that that's a biblical term, the last days. As a matter of fact, there's a a multiple of verses and names for what it's called, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The last days, the end times, the coming judgment, the end of the age, the day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, the day of wrath, uh, Jacob's trouble, as well as a variety of other references that we see, again, Old and New. New Testament, all of them speaking together of what is known as the end of time, or as you and I need to understand, it's the end of time as we know it. What you and I see right now, it'll come to a point where this is no more. You realize that, don't you? Some of you are kind of nervously saying, okay, I think I do, really and truly. 
what you see, what you know, all that we see and know is going to come to an end. The word of God speaks about that this earth and all that's within it is gonna pass away. It's going to be gone. At the return of Jesus Christ, when he comes in judgment over all of the earth, everything is gonna change. Even if you've never attended church, you've never attended a Sunday school meeting to most of the general public, the end times is a popular subject. A lot of times people think about the end times, and they think, well, I think it's gonna be an alien invasion. They're gonna come in, they're gonna wipe out the entire earth. Well, we'll look at that a little bit later. Some, you know, right now, they're talking about a, a zombie apocalypse that's going to happen, and you know, again, it seems like everything right now is zombies. Heaven help us if both of them happen, you know, <laughs> alien invasion and a zombie apocalypse, but that's not really what's going to happen. What's going to happen is going to be the second coming of Jesus Christ. But this isn't just a modern curiosity. This isn't something that's just happening with the technology that we have today. Even during the time of Jesus, those that studied the words of the prophets, those that, that read the teachings of Moses and studied those, they knew that this world wasn't intended to last forever. The Pharisees of Jesus' day, they, they had the same curiosity. And even though they disdained Jesus and his popularity with his people, no doubt there was still a curiosity in reference to him and this whole idea of coming of Messiah. And we find ourselves still in the 17th chapter of Luke. I invite you to turn there. We continue on in Luke's gospel account. And in verse 20, we're going to find where the Pharisees speak to Jesus about this whole thing of the coming kingdom of God. Now, you need to understand that this is two different things, though, that the kingdom of God and the end times, it's two separately different items. And unfortunately, the Pharisees kind of confused them. They believed that the coming of the kingdom of God was going to be that time of the end times. And Jesus straightens them out. He helps them to understand, or at least uh, in an effort to help them to understand. But in their confusion, they came to Jesus. And here in Luke 17, down in verse 20, is where we begin this morning. It says, now, when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observance, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. You need to realize here that the Pharisees of Jesus' day, that idea of the coming of the kingdom of God, that was, that was a timeline factor. They, they didn't see in, the, in their own lives this kingdom of God that was happening. They figured that had to be at the end times. And it was not for them, it was not so much a spiritual event or a spiritual thing that was going on. For the Jews, it was a geopolitical event. It covered religion and politics and foreign relations. For them, it was both national as well as individual power struggles. It was the ability for the Jew to be able to control factors relating to their enemies and all of these other nations. To the Pharisee, the kingdom of God was heaven on earth. 
okay? That's what they understood it to be. And they knew that they had power positions that were waiting for them. When God ushers in his kingdom, because I've been a good Pharisee, I'm gonna have a powerful position in that kingdom. So in their mindset, that's what they were looking at. The problem is that's not what the kingdom of God is, nor is it what Jesus ever taught about the kingdom of God. In essence, they were asking, well, when is it that God is going to manifest himself, bring about his complete rule on the earth? When are we going to see his kingdom's dominion over the earth? Well, Jesus made it clear pretty quickly for them that their reasoning, their understanding, it was totally wrong. He told them, hey, you know what? The kingdom of God doesn't come in a physical way Not that you're going to be able to see in in that form, that fashion. You're not going to be able to look over here and say, oh, the kingdom of God is over here or it's over there. Guys, the kingdom of God in this time frame is not an earthly dominion. The unfortunate thing today that even in Christianity, though, there are some that are teaching that it is an earthly dominion. And if we, the church, really got things right and we took dominion and control of the earth, that that would usher in God's kingdom. Do you realize that's just the opposite of what Jesus is saying here? I don't understand how people in leadership within the church, certain fragments and certain denominations can say, no, we, we usher in the kingdom of God here. No, Jesus is explaining to them very clear how this all works, how foolish it is when the scripture is so clear that this world is not our home. Man, this, this isn't what we're meant for. For you and I as believers, there's something much, much greater The Apostle Paul makes it clear that the end times aren't going to be a time of God's dominion. No, the Apostle Paul tells us, no, that you got to know this, that in the last days, what? Perilous times are going to come. Perilous times. That's what's going to come to that point before the Lord comes. The kingdom of God isn't an event. It's not a place but it is the ongoing move of God's spirit and it's happening even right now. Not as what the Pharisees thought it would be, totally different. It's happening both here on earth as well as in the heavenlies. The kingdom of God, in in one sense, it's that continual rule of an eternal, a sovereign God over all of his universe. It is universal. It's not simply national that the Jews thought it was. No, it's a universal thing. In another sense, the kingdom of God is the direct spiritual rule of the hearts and the lives of those that are willing to submit to God's authority. So although it's universal, it's also personal. The other thing, yeah, there is a physical aspect to it. But on that physical aspect, it's a little bit different than what they understood it to be. In more of a narrow sense, the kingdom of God speaks of that time of the literal rule of Christ on the earth. But that's not going to happen until that thousand-year reign that's going to be much, much later. But yet the kingdom of God is working right now. It's present right now. All in all, it's happening now, but it's also a future reality. But that's not what the Pharisees thought that it was going to be. The Pharisees were focused on one thing. They wanted power. They wanted power. They wanted authority to rule on this earth. 
in the King James Version or the New King James Version and in many of the other versions, you have where Jesus told them, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Now, the unfortunate thing on, on that translation is it starts thinking that Jesus is telling these Pharisees, no, the kingdom of God is inside you guys. You guys are saved. You know the Lord. The Lord is working within you. The problem was is that's not what was true within these Pharisees, at least most of these Pharisees' life. Probably a much better translation and still being good, uh, true to the Greek would understand that it's for indeed the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's all around you. That's the understanding. Because these Pharisees were looking for something totally different than what Jesus was explaining and telling them that the kingdom of God is. Because they had touched on this fact of this idea for them, the kingdom of God being the end times, Jesus now turns to his disciples and he brings a much deeper instruction or teaching about the end times. Again, he speaks about these days will come and he's speaking about the second coming, his second coming. And that's when he starts speaking about the last days. Look here in verse 22. Again, a whole different direction now that Jesus is going than what he went with, with the Pharisees. Verse 22, then Jesus said to his disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Don't go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under the heaven shines to the other part under the heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. It's interesting. You, you look at the life of Jesus and all through his ministry as he gathered his disciples. He was telling them, you know what, my, my time here is very limited. There's going to come a time that men are going to reject me and I will be crucified. And the closer that time came, the more Jesus shared that with his disciples to help them to understand, no, I'm not gonna start a kingdom here. This world is not my kingdom. I'm of another kingdom. And there'll come a time when they'll arrest me and they will crucify me. They will bury me, but I'll rise again. So don't get stressed out about that. He was continually teaching them about that. And the disciples I believe that there was an anticipation in their life that all of these things were going to happen in rapid succession during their lifetime. But what they had forgot is the gospel still needed to be preached to the Gentiles. The gospel had to go out over all the earth. There needed to be time of presenting the gospel to the Gentiles, but the time and the hour of the return of Christ wasn't even known by Christ himself. Jesus told his disciples, no man knows that hour, not even the angels of heaven, but only the Father knew. And the Father has a plan that he's working out even today. Yeah, even in the craziness of today. You, know, you look at the world around you, and you think, Lord, where are you? This is nuts that's going on here. And I'm not talking just about the political system. I'm talking about the entire world right now, all that's going on. Don't forget, church, God has a plan. God is working his plan out 
we need to wait and rest in the Lord. But yet I, along with many of you, I cry out, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Jesus warned his disciples, he says, don't let the things of the world pull you off mission. Don't let them distract you. You need to occupy till I come. The world and the enemy, they're, they're gonna try and distract you in every way possible. Even during the early days of the church, that first century church, people were coming and they were saying, hey, the Lord's already returned and you missed it. But the apostle Paul, he writes to the church in Thessalonica, he tells them there, he says, brethren, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you, don't be too soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. And he went on to explain to them, no, it hadn't come yet. There's a lot of things that have to take place before that happens. Now here back in Luke, Jesus explains to his disciples how when it does take place, there's gonna be absolutely no doubt there's gonna be no second guessing that his second coming has taken place. He refers to the fact that for as the lightning that flashes out of one part under the heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. You won't miss it, you won't miss it. Hey, over the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of lightning around here, right? You can't miss it. I mean, even in the bedroom with our curtains closed, it lightnings outside and boom, there's this flash of light. You cannot miss it. In the same way, Jesus is saying, man, just as lightning goes across the sky, that's how quick, that's how sudden, but that's how unmistakable the second coming of Christ is going to be. Matthew also shares with us the words of Jesus in Matthew 25. He says that there's not gonna be any doubt what's gonna happen when the second coming takes place when that last time comes. Matthew tells us, or Jesus speaking in Matthew's gospel, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. There's not a nation that's gonna be left out. It will be universal. When that time comes, no one will miss it, no one. But there's gonna be many that wished that they had because they had missed the hope of the gospel long before that. We need to be reminded that along with the last days at that second coming, it's gonna be a time of judgment. Jesus tells them that the world, by and large, they're gonna continue on as they always have been. Even in the times of prior destruction, the world continuing on without paying attention to what's happened in the past. Man continues to move forward without regard to the coming judgment. And yet judgment has been proclaimed and declared over and over and over through the ages. Here back in Luke, listen to what he tells the disciples. He refers to them back to the days of Noah. Look in verse 26. He says, and as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the son of man. Why, they ate and they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, 
Why, they ate, they, they drank, they bought, they sold, they, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained a fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. I think it's pretty interesting to note that Jesus didn't focus on the evil of the time of Noah, nor the evil there in the city of Sodom. In essence, what he's telling is life is just gonna continue on. Life is gonna look like to everyone who is not spiritually attuned, it's gonna look like it's just a normal happening. Man, I go to work day after day after day. Man, we go take the kids to soccer or to t-ball or whatever it is. Man, my, my wife's got all these meetings. I'm doing all this stuff. And we're just busy with life in general. And he says, and boom, then sudden destruction takes place. What are we going to look for? What are we going to anticipate? Well, for those who know the hope of the gospel, the reality and the truth that one day Jesus will come again. Well, number one, we'll look at it in a moment, but I believe in the rapture of the church, but also on that coming destruction is still going to come one way or another. Jesus draws our attention that again, man's unpreparedness and the attachment to the pursuits of the things of the world continue to distract them because they look for the things of the world rather than pursuing after the things of God. Jesus speaks about the people continuing on in their normal routines, their normal course of things. He says that they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. He says that they ate, they drank, they, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built until it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all the day of God's judgment. And then he says, and so it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. The fact is, is mankind as a whole, they were and they are completely oblivious to coming judgment. Speak about end times, I'll chat with you. Don't talk to me about judgment because I really don't believe that there's a God. You see, as long as I can keep the God factor out of my mind, then I can keep judgment out of my mind and I can pretty well live whatever way that I want. You see, that's the mindset of most men. I don't wanna hear about judgment and yet God's word has proclaimed judgment and the history of mankind shows that God is faithful to his word and Jesus brings out those two aspects, the great object lesson of the building of the ark as well as again the event and the life of Lot as Lot was removed out of Sodom God warned him God again came and declared to him that judgment was coming go and tell your family to come and clear out and what does the word tell us in Genesis it says that Lot went and spoke to his family spoke to his son-in-laws his three son-in-laws to tell them judgment's coming judgment is coming we need to get out of here but to his son-in-laws, he seemed to be joking. He seemed to be joking. The unfortunate reality is, man outside of Christ, they hear the word of coming judgment, and that's their thought about you. That's their thought about the preaching of the gospel. That's their thought about the word of God. Oh yeah, whatever, whatever. Judgment? Come on, we've, we've been going on for millions and millions of years. You see, that's one of the other interesting things about the evolutionist mindset and concept, the millions and millions of years. But if you look at the biblical account, I believe it's much, much less. 
Most of you know I'm a, I'm a young earth person. I think we're only about 6,000 years old. And again, we can argue that until the cows come home. But the fact is, God has a plan. God has a purpose. He's declared judgment is coming. I believe that that judgment is coming soon. Still today, mankind as a whole disregards that whole idea of coming judgment. We hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard today is exactly what you're looking for in a church. Then please join us. We meet Saturday evenings and twice on Sunday morning, as well as throughout the week. For more information about when we meet for worship, including driving directions, log on to theopenword.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now here's Tracy with some more important information about how you can help support The Open Word. Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced and God has given us a vision to see The Open Word expand into other parts of the world. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to TheOpenWord.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God richly bless you.